All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about resumes, storytelling, and so much more. And for today's episode, I have Carrie Twig with me today, and she's an author and a story coach. And more than that, she's just a fascinating individual. And I, if you have not ever heard of her or ever heard of her TED Talk, I am going to put a link on it because it is awesome. Um, and I'm all about burning resumes and telling stories and sharing your value. And so I'm super excited to have this conversation. So let's get started. Carrie, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing, I'm doing really great. It's super to be here. I'm, I'm so excited to have this conversation because I think storytelling and is such a big part of the job search. And so the fact that we have that in common, we have a lot of things in common. We have a mutual connection, Dale Dupree uh, in common which is one of my favorite humans on planet earth in common. It's, it's amazing. But before we really dive into this, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Carrie Twig. I am, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat. Uh, so I help people figure out their stories and then use their stories to land ideal work. If they don't know what ideal work is, so they're like not sure about what they want to do, uh, then I help people figure that out too. My background is mainly in theater and the arts. Um, worked in that, didn't make a whole lot of money even though I was like pretty super at it. Um, and then found a way to pivot my skills where I can use a lot of theater and storytelling to help people manage their careers. I, I think it's so amazing how you were able to use your background in arts to be able to then translate that, to tell, teach people how to tell their story properly and communicate that to be able to not only find a job, but I know something that you're very passionate about is finding a job that makes you happy, right? And so yeah. I kind of want to start out with, you know, um, talking about the point of view of who the, the listeners of this podcast is, which are college students. And our college students are about to graduate. A lot of times they pick the wrong major and it was probably because expectations of their parents or what they thought they wanted to do their freshman year was not what they wanted to do after graduation. So I'm going to point a scenario and what advice would you have? This is a very common scenario that I get. Imagine as a student, he's graduating this December in 2020. Um, his last, pretty much last two semesters of college have been all online. He's graduating with a business degree, but does not like business, right? And and he did it because his dad is a business person. And so he followed in the footsteps. And now he has no idea what to do because there was no career fair. He graduates and he has about $20,000 worth of student debt that in six months is going to have to start paying. Where should we start? Oh, man. So first, like, just be kind to yourself and don't feel like a loser um, because you're so not alone. And a lot of people do this. Um, so if you did it because, you know, dad did it or because you don't know what you're super at, also know that's really normal and most people don't know. Um, and then the first thing I think you want to figure out is like, what makes your heart sing? What actually brings you joy? Um, because what you did in school doesn't, isn't a waste. So it doesn't mean you have to work in business, but maybe the skill that you got is following through on something or showing up or meeting people. Like maybe there's some other skill that you developed that's still sellable. So don't think of it as a total waste. Um, but the first thing I would do is just like, what, whatever works for you in terms of like career reflections and um, getting into a reflective state of mind, 
Uh, for me, it's sitting and asking myself a question. For some people, it's going for a walk and asking themselves a question, like whatever kind of works for you. But what you want to get to is ask yourself, hey, when was the time I was actually happy? <laughs> when was I doing something that felt good? And it might have happened in high school or it might have happened in like a summer job or in a volunteer role, but can you pinpoint a moment where you felt super happy um, and it felt like, um, I say like it, it makes your heart sing. So can you find an exact moment and then write that down? I'd say like on an index card is a perfect. And then the next day, come back and do the same thing and do it for seven days. Um, Daniel, do you have, do you have a story? Like, do you, if I asked you happiest moment in your career, do you have one? I do. And I think it all starts for me when I was nine years old, when I realized that I wanted to do business. And okay. I, when I realized the business was problem solving, that I lived in an apartment neighborhood, the backside of the apartment neighborhood was this open field. I realized as adults play soccer every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Sundays. And I would, I love soccer. So I would go there and watch them. I was nine years old. They wouldn't let me play, but I did realize they were coming from work and they were changing outside their car and they, none of them had water. And so I walked like a mile, like a half a mile, like a mile, half a mile to a supermarket, filled it up with water. We'll put it out there, put a little thing. And I was making like $150 as a nine year old. So no. yeah, oh, true story. <laughs> And a, a year and a half to let me play. I play with these people for about 15 years. To this day, I still some, see some of these people 20, 22 years later. A lot of them are now retired, right? I was nine years old by the time that I, I'm now 30. Um, and I realized that business was problem solving. And um, the, the bigger the problems I solve, the more money I can, I can make. But not only was I making money, I was helping people because it was a win-win situation, right? Like yeah. they were thirsty, they were unorganized men that never planned to bring water. And I was this nine-year-old with nothing but time in my hand. So I'll walk to the grocery store and get water. Amazing. So in that moment, like was, was the joy of it in the coming up with the idea, like was the joy like, ah, these guys need water? Or was the joy in getting the water or was the joy in selling it like what yeah. moment what moment I, was the the i never thought about it until you asked this question but now that i think about it and now i, I think about not only that business venture but every other business venture that i had i love coming up with the idea i hate the execution of it beautiful you know? beautiful yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's exactly it right so i think in normal i think in normal career coaching or normal like when we're thinking about that we'll tell that story and and the listener will be so enamored by oh wow you started this business but what you want to figure out is like the exact like little micro skill moment and and so you know for this person who's graduating business that's how specific you want to be not like hey i was hanging out with the guys and <laughs> we were playing soccer and i got the water but just could be like oh the moment I, I saw a need and I came up with the idea. Like, because then, then you know exactly what it is. Because yeah. if, you were in, if you were working in a business where it was all executing, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Right? And, 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 I, and I did that for six years at Pepsico, yeah. right? There and you like, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. I like the creativity aspect of it. The execution part 
has been, I, I do it, but it's not like what I love to do. Right? Yeah. So that's beautiful. So what, what I would have this person do is write those seven stories. And then after you've done it for seven days, come back to the cards and read the story again. And then go, what was like, is that the exact moment where I felt alive, happy, this felt great. And what skill was I using? And on the back, like if you write on the front of the index card, the story, and on the back, you write the skill that you used, just write all the skills that you used. And it might be like in your story, the skill might be like making connections. It might be innovation. It might be like resourcefulness. It might be yeah. seeing the big picture. Like it might be 10 different things and do that for each story. And then look at all the skills that keep popping up on the back of the cards and see if there's ones that keep happening over and over again. Because yeah. those are gonna be your three or four skills that if you can find work using those skills, you have a very good chance of being happy. And you're no longer like the, the lost business grad, but you are the person who's really super at this, this, and this. And you know that if you land work doing that, you have a better chance of actually excelling in that role because you're gonna be using your super skills so you're gonna get promoted. Right. Yeah. If you get a job just executing, yeah, you could land it, you'd be okay, but you're not going to grow your rep in your career. No one's celebrating yeah. you. Right. But if you get a job where you get to come up with ideas, share those and other people execute, you're on fire. You're worth more. You're yeah. <laughs> like in your zone of excellence. Right. So that would I, be I, my first advice. Like just figure that stuff out. I love it. You know, it's interesting because, um, in my mentoring program, I, it's pretty much divided into three sections, assess, acquire, and achieve. And in the first person, uh, the first section is assess, like or a lot of uh, self-reflection. And I, I like, you're looking at the past to help you determine the future, right? Like you're like, hey, go back, think about things that happened, even in your childhood, it doesn't, you know, what made you happy? And I've always kind of done the opposite. I've, I always kind of challenge my, my mentees to say, okay, think five years from now what would your ideal life look like? And then like, let's reverse engineering. Yeah. But um, I think you have to get back to the moment where you feel joy because mm -hmm. career decisions aren't made in the head. Like when people hate the work that they do, they don't, they don't feel it in their head. They feel it in their body. They're like, this is sucking my soul. Like when you're in a job that you don't like. So if we make it by dreaming, but it's not, it's not rooted in something that we feel and we know that's true to ourselves. We're going to go do those five-year business degrees, right? Like I did an HR certificate. Like what was I thinking? Right? <laughs> like, because on, pa like on paper, it looked, oh, I get to help people in business, but actually the, ex the, the real job of it is the opposite of what, <laughs> what I was meant to do. Right. Yeah. So yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like thinking like, yeah, like that five-year exercise, it could, it, it's important to do, but like really need to go back to the past to be able to help you shape your future. Yeah. And don't, you don't have to live in it, but knowing, knowing what makes you happy, you're going to have a better, a better choice. Right. And yeah. for some people, yeah, it might happen when, when you're nine years old. Like when I was, um, I think like six years old, I really wanted to be like an actor famous <laughs> like so I would plan and write my own shows and then do them like wait for someone to walk by the driveway and then I'd be like showtime <laughs> and I would start to like read po I would read poetry from trees I would do a little dance like I was performing 
So I love, I love, like, I loved it from that moment, but I also loved, you know, loved helping people, but that building something from nothing, loved it. And, and still, that's like my favorite part of my business is, you know, oh, I get to build something new. And, and so why, like, I mean, why pursued, you, you pursued acting. I know that, you know, when I even look at your TED talk, you talked about like, you even worked in a, in, in a theater, but like, you made this change. Why, 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 what was the biggest motivator to making that change? Um, so to change from acting to coaching? Yeah. Yeah, so money. <laughs> um, yeah. Money um, and impact. So um, yeah, like I, I had <clears throat> two degrees already. So I had um, my first degree is in drama and education. So how to teach, th- teach using drama. So it's always been drama to solve problems. Um, and then my next, my, um, then my next re- degree was a master's in education in humane education which is how to teach about human rights, animal protection, the environment and culture. <laughs> so very art filled. Um, and the job that I could get in my industry that connected helping people with making stuff was all like uh, drama teacher art facilitation stuff, which even with a master's degree, the highest you're making is like 30 grand. And you're teaching, you're teaching art, <clears throat> in community center basements, usually free programs and communities. Um, and for me, I was like, this is it, this isn't enough. This like, we're having a fun time painting, but this isn't, this isn't helping anything. So, and then also just, you know, crying because I felt like I saw other people in like business suits. Um, and they seem to have a whole lot of money. And I was like, I'm just as smart and more creative. How come they're like, for me, like they're making it and I'm stuck in these low paying jobs kind of doing like the best that I can. Yeah. So for, for me, that was like the inciting. I read like every career book that I could find that was like, yeah, think about yourself in five years, like all of those. <laughs> and they didn't, like none of them could I think of a new way of, of being. And so I, um, I used to write plays and that's what I did. Like, that's why I used the index cards. Cause when I would get stuck writing a play, I would write out the scenes of the play on a card and then play around with the order of them and go, what's missing. So I decided to make like a play of what my career was and see if I could see something in the story that I wasn't seeing myself. Um, and then I was like, Carrie, it's not about the art. <laughs> it's not about theater. It's like, you actually really love to make stuff and you really love to help people um, and you really like to solve problems. So what kind of work could you do where you got to do those main things? And for me, I chose, I chose HR because I went, this is the most, like, this feels like the softest skill that I could get launch into business using. Yeah. That's amazing. Can we like talk a little bit more about like the way you use index cards? I know that's what the book's about. And so maybe let's talk a little bit more about that strategy and how yeah. we have so many listening can learn more about it or even execute it themselves. Yeah. So it's the, the thing that I just explained, like the seven stories. So that's what I wrote out and then figured out those skills. And then because I nailed it down to those three skills, the next step is going, well, where like, who do I like to work with? Like some classic career stuff. Like who do I like to work with? Um, what's my work style? 
And what are some places that could use that? And then usually just making like a list of 10 um, possible things that you could be. And then that's where it goes into your method, right? Like where I wanna be in five years. But I go, yeah. what, 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 where could I use these skills? And so for me, I wrote down um, a bunch of possibilities. Um, did like, like did the informational interviews looked into, you know, I was concerned about salaries. So what people were making in these mm -hmm. places. Um, and then that's, that's why I chose HR. When I got into HR though, um, I was applying for jobs and no one would, <laughs> no one would hire me because I was this like drama teacher with an HR certificate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I had, so I thought that the cards were about, oh, finding me, but actually the cards became, no, that that's what you have to sell. Like I'm an HR person who's going to come in and I had to prove in my resume and the way I presented myself that I was good at um, helping people and solving problems um, and, and building programs. And so I rewrote my resume that way and then got, a, then got started to get interviews. That's amazing. One thing that I think college students struggle a lot with is, is when they get that question asked, tell me about, the, about yourself, right? Yeah. And that really is telling your story in a short amount of time. Like what advice do you have to answering that question? So for the tell me about yourself, I think always remembering the reason that someone is asking it. So are you, are you looking for advice, like for students, like being asked this in an interview or in a networking setting? Yeah. So in an interview. In an interview. Yeah. So in an interview, I think remembering that the point of the question is that like, <laughs> In our minds, we assume that the HR people and the hiring team have read everything, right? Yeah. Like, like they've memorized our, our resume. Uh, Daniel, have you ever hired people? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. So when you're hiring people and you're at an interview, how much time do you spend? If you're oh, no, yeah. I, I'm with you. The reason why I would ask them, like, I would either ask, tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume. Yeah. I was too lazy to read the resume before they even walked in the room. Exactly. And yeah. so, so like the best interview I actually went to was with the government where the government HR person said, Carrie, you need to know that your resume got you here from, but from moving forward, you will be judged on everything you say in this, in this interview, you'll be assessed by what you say. And that was like that golden advice was that's, that's life changing because you need, like, I think we think of interviews as like, oh, we're at the next level and they already know this base information. They don't. So the tell me about yourself is to bring everybody up to speed, to speed yep. Yep. about what you're really awesome at, what, what, where you've, like, where you've been going, um, and what you're hoping to do next, the difference that you're going to make for the company. Um, as a, so I have two different advice for this one. So generally, if someone is like a senior level person, or maybe has 15 years work experience, I'll say start, start with like a story like Daniel, I would be like, Oh, start with your water story. Right? Like, hook them in because that's a gorgeous story. If you're a student, though, and you've just have a couple years experience you going back to a childhood story, is not something I would recommend because you're actually trying to show credibility mm -hmm. and people are interested in your stories, no matter how great they are until you're credible. 
so as a student, you actually want to start off with these are my skills, right? And they can come right from those story cards, right? So I'm a, I, um, you know, Carrie, <laughs> so I'm trying to think of me just graduated, right? Be like, um, a recent theater grad and the things that I'm really super, super at are, and I would name my three skills or a common thread throughout my career are, and I name my skills. And then I would go and tell a story that showed all those three skills in action. And then I'd say, you know, now in my career, what I'm looking to do is, and I would name my future and say, I'm excited to be here. So three yeah. skills, story, what I hope to do next. I think it's really important to understand, like when people say, hey, tell me about yourself. It's not, it's not because they truly care about you. Yeah. It's actually for a selfish reason. And it is, um, it's all understanding like, when someone is hiring is because they're looking to solve a problem and they think that you potentially can solve it. And so you're really answering that question to saying, tell me about yourself is essentially another way of saying, tell me how you can solve the problem, this problem the best. Exactly. Tell me why yes. you are the right person to solve this problem. They truly don't care about you no. at this point because there's really no. not a relationship established. They yes. just care. How can you solve my problem? Because honestly, I'm really hoping that you're the right person. So I don't have to interview anybody else. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Super. And I, I think also like think about how, where, what the person is going to do when they first hear what you have to say. So when you're interviewing, you have the most attention at the very top of the interview. And the first things that the people say is what you write down. So you don't want to start with like, hey, I'm a new grad and I really love like eating candy, right? Or I like came to the US like two years ago, like, cause that's the stuff they're gonna write down, right? Candy mm -hmm. in US. So you actually wanna start with your skills cause if you do, they're gonna write down those three skills and in their interview notes, you look amazing. Yeah. Now, what about if it's a networking event, right? Or a career fair or something where it's not necessarily like an interview. What advice do you have on answering the same question? Yeah, so sorry, my dog is barking. Um, <laughs> real life. Uh, so in a, in a networking, like usually people will like, they, so yeah, they might say, you know, um, yeah, what are you about? Or like that sort of question. I usually have, um, I just have a line of like what I do, the way that I introduce myself at the beginning, which is just like, oh yeah, I'm Carrie. I help people figure out their stories to land ideal work. Um, yeah, and if they don't know yet, and I'm like, you might, you might call me a career coach, but that's what I do. So I, I describe what I do, and I keep it really short, because no one is truly interested in that. The mm -hmm. thing you want to do is, is help people to understand what you do and how that helps in one or two lines. And then in networking, it's not about being interesting, it's about being interested. So you want to toss mm -hmm. the question back to the other person, because they 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 want to if they can talk and have a connection you're going to have a better time than if you give them a great speech um but they check out you know and like i don't like networking with students is one of the things i i hate the most in in professional settings because I think students get taught to do these elevator pitches. And so mm -hmm. they'll come up to me and they'll be like, yeah, I'm Peter and I did, did, did this and I do this and these are my super skills and here's a story. And they give me a tell me about yourself. And usually like I've got to the point now where I go, stop, stop Peter. <laughs> like 
tell me what makes your heart sing. Like I, I, um, I, I don't have, I don't have the attention. I don't have the interest in listening to something that's overly rehearsed when the person's not being authentic. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's, especially with COVID, like we just have less time for like facade, like people adopting facades would just tell me, tell me what you do. Really sure. I think it's so like, I think one thing that I've, I've noticed is that you just generally are you right. And like, yes. th- and then that would either attract the right people. And it also maybe have people like detract people that when you weren't going to be really good fit anyways to work with you or work for and things like that. And I think students are very scared of, of being themselves. And I think it's because like when so many, and this is not my quote, like we spent all of our childhood trying to fit in yet. We figured out that like, if you look at the people who are successful are the people who stand out. And so the earlier you can just be yourself, the sooner you can be yourself in your career. Yes. It's going to turn off some companies off, right? Yes. There's going to be some managers who are going to be like, yeah, I'm not hiring him, but they weren't the right companies. They weren't the right managers to work for in the first place. Like I am, I'm a big believer of just being genuinely yourself and building those relationships and trying to be the same person that you are with your friends, with your parents, with your work, like, with your coworkers, be the same person, not have to have different masks on every time you go on. And I think that's something that I love so much about our, 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 our mutual friend, Dale, because Dale is just himself and you either yes. love him or you hate him, but you, if you love him, you love him so much because you just know that he's authentically himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think like we're always, I think when we say be authentic, we're being our like best authentic professional self. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not bringing you the full Carrie, but this is, this is Carrie, the career coach. And I think also what happens is people get so uh, attached to career advice of like, act this, do this, that they forget about what's always worked for them. And this, this idea came from, um, do you know the short story writer, George Saunders? Why did he sound so familiar? He's like, fantastic. But I was listening to an interview with him where he talked about like he he was writing these stories and he writes like fantastic jarring like he's he's very brilliant and they're short stories. Was he the author of the rarest find? I don't I don't think so, but Okay. Then Is that a novel? No, it's not. It's actually a how to find talent book. Oh, no, uh-huh. no, no. So, no, I don't think he would write. I don't think he would write um, nonfiction. But go, go um, just like search him up. But he said, so he was writing stories and he went to school and he asked like one of his professors when he was doing, he was like a MFA, he asked one of his professors for advice and he just said like, uh, and he's like, I'm here to be a serious writer. I'm going to be really serious now. Um, and the professor was like, well, just don't lose. And he was like, don't lose your edge or don't use, don't lose you. And he did. He started to write in the style of all these other great writers and his, mm-hmm. but his writing was oh, technically okay, but wasn't, you know, wasn't George. Um, and then he realized that what he wasn't doing in his writing is he wasn't showing up with the skills that, that, people have, that have always worked for him and how he's gotten things in his life. Mm-hmm. So he would get things in his life by like being funny, right? By complimenting, by paying attention. And so he started to bring those attributes to his writing. And I think it's the same thing that we need to bring into our job search personas or in our job search. 
So if I've always like charmed my way in, so I've always, by being, by being light, by being present, by paying attention to people, by telling quirky stories has always worked for me, no matter like it's worked since I was like five years old. Why would I not use those gifts to land a job or grow my career? Like you have to, right. you have to use it's what your competitive works for advantage, you. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why would you go into a race with one, like, and handicap yourself by wearing a 20 pound vest? Yeah. So if you're a funny person, like I knew, a, um, I was working with the student cause I used to teach job search at the university, I met a student, um, who's like a new Canadian and super funny, but we wrote his resume and it was just dry and flat. And I said, I think, I think you need to add some jokes in your resume. And he's like, what? And I'm like, seriously, add some jokes. Um, so he made some jokes in his resume, which were like, he once made this video for his boss. Um, the boss loved it. He got like, it secured him a full-time job, like from an internship. And then in brackets, he's like, but don't look it up. Like it's crap now. <laughs> I like to be like, he's growing. And then he landed, like he landed a job uh, at a design firm that loved that he used a sense of humor and yeah. it gave him a bit of his personality. Right. If you're yeah, not I, funny, don't do that. Right. Right. And, and I, I like that. I, I really like that. Like just let your personality shine through because there are, there's going to be some people who read that resume and be like, wow, this is so unprofessional. I am not even interviewing him. Right. But there's going to be some people, I can definitely see this in a marketing firm that's really funny. And then just like, God, oh, this guy, we need to get him to the interview. Like, it's not going to guarantee him a job, but we're going to interview him. But if he comes in as the same person as the resume, then that that's an advantage. Yeah, right. And so, and then if you're a really, like, if you're a really well-researched technical person who tells things as it is, then that's what your resume needs to sound like. So. Yeah whatever has gotten you to where you have been like you've survived this long know what that is too and that should be part of your strategy yeah i think that's why linkedin is so important for job seekers because linkedin one your profile is your virtual resume right two it allows you to have a lot more than just one page and you can add videos photos and have a really nice about me section that captivates the uh, the audience and three, as you engage with other people's content or create posts of yourself, you can actually let your personality shine through and people actually get to know you better. And uh, I think that's why LinkedIn is very underutilized by college students. And the ones that do have it, like, what is it? Like 99% of them don't even post anyways. I think that's just all LinkedIn uses. Yeah. Um, all I would say in this last year, I've had way more clients land using Twitter than they've used LinkedIn, but it's the same stuff, right? Like just following the right people, joining the conversations. And then when jobs come up, they've just been like, because they've already been part of the conversation yep. for, you know, weeks or months following the person. And they have a history of all these short little tweets. When the person says, Hey, there's a job and they private message them. It's all there too. So there's been a casualness, wow. right? Wow. So yeah. Twitter has been like, but only in certain industries. But if you yeah. want to work in like, you know, writing or design, like a lot of the arts places, a lot of marketing firms, those people are just being like, and they're like, and they're not trying to be proper. Like, yeah. like even, even recruiter Twitter, like they're just talking about, you know, candidate experiences yeah. and how they judge people. Um, and you learn, I'm just finding like, there's not, 
there's not a professional veil over people. Yeah, but like find where your people are and then sh yeah, share, talk, yeah. connect. Like, I, yeah. And I think like even Twitter, like for all these college students, I think TikTok is what's growing for them. Oh, yeah. I recently just saw uh, a video of a college girl or woman who made a TikTok of why she wanted to work at Nickelodeon. And it was like the best one minute video on like why she's the best fit for Nickelodeon. And I um, think that thing got went viral. And if she didn't get a job with Nickelodeon, then I think it, like Disney should just call her up and be like, come here. Come here. Yeah. And it, and like, that's beautiful. Cause she's using like what we were talking about before, like probably yeah. her natural skills to get what yeah. she wants. Right. Should yep. everyone make a TikTok video? No, but if it's right for you, do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. And like, even like why um, most of my emails are video, I can't spell to this day, I still can't spell. So all my videos are either voice messages or videos because oh. my natural skills is always like speaking versus writing. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's gorgeous. Well, time flies by, we've been speaking for over 30 minutes. But what is yeah. one final piece of advice that you would like to leave the audience with? So I'm going to say that the, the generally, and it works for students the best, the thing that you are the most shy or embarrassed or think you need to hide or you think is the thing that people don't like, it's usually the thing to amplify. So um, whatever that thing is. So if you're like, I'm too nerdy <laughs> I'm too energetic or I'm too something, that's the thing that you can't really hide no matter what. And so instead of trying to hide it, see and ask yourself, how could I use this to my benefit? Um, and I think if you do that, you, you stand a way better chance. You're not wasting energy trying to hide something, but em embrace that thing. For, for myself, I've always been embarrassed about my energy. I was like, no one's gonna take you seriously. You're way too smiley, you have way too much energy. Um, it's too much, you need to quash it and you need to like calm down and be serious. And when I actually just embraced it and was like, I'm energetic, even though I'm talking about resumes, I'm energetic, even though I'm talking about this, it was the thing that set me apart from everyone else. And I spent so much time like squashing it. I think I held myself back. So don't, don't be a carry twig. That's amazing. Carrie, you are amazing. You are like, I can't thank you enough for coming to the show. What would be the best place for individuals listening to this podcast, wanting to learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So my website is careerstories.com, which is career-stories.com. I just wrote a book called The Career Stories Method, which walks you through the 11 steps of like how to find your career story and then how to use it. So it has the index card um, exercise in it, but that gets released on January 26th. And it's available kind of like all bookstores, um, pre-sale on Amazon now. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, if you're on Twitter or LinkedIn, those are great places to follow me, you know, talk to me, uh, have conversations. That's great. Would love to, would love to meet you. Carrie, thank you so much. We'll put up those links for your website and your link to the pre-order the book on Amazon and your LinkedIn all on the show notes. So if you want to learn more about her, just click the show notes for everybody else listening. Thank you so much and catch you guys on the next episode.